Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, reading from the New American Standard Bible. If you got it, say, I got it. Let me get it for you. Here's the word of God. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, that means married, giving to Joseph, before they came together, before they had intercourse, before they slept together, before they met each other, uh, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Bible says in verse 20, but when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who had been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she, was she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Now as this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. Catch this, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from this sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. For a moment today, I want to lift up a title, a topic simply titled, The Unwanted Gift. The Unwanted Gift. You may be seated on today. Today we're talking about the unwanted gift. I want y'all to understand Joseph. Joseph is in a situation that every young man at this time was excited about. I know now men probably run from marriage, but back then they were excited to run to marriage. Joseph, listen, he paid a good price probably for marriage. Probably gave up three or four cows, a couple of heads of sheep, couple of chickens. We don't know what he gave. It was customary in those times for the male to give some type of gift to the father of the bride. So here Joseph, he had just emptied his savings. He emptied his savings to pay for this beautiful young lady, and he marries her only to find out she's pregnant. That's the issue. It, it just... It don't work out. You didn't, listen, I gave up my daddy best three cows for you, and you going to come to me pregnant. This was an issue for Joseph because of the fact that she, that meant she had to have been with somebody else. How is this, this thing that's supposed to be for me already had been with someone else? Joseph is confused. He's, he's discombobulated. And the first thing that he does as he says, you know what, Mary, I, I, I appreciate you, uh, but this is what we're going to do. I'm going to send you away secretly. Probably said, I'm going to tell everybody you just ran away or you passed away, and, and you just go do your own little thing, Mary, and I'm going to try to find me somebody else. Joseph did not want to be dealing with Mary while she was impregnated by somebody else. Joseph didn't realize that at this moment, being a descendant of David, 
the lineage of where Jesus Christ had to come through. Matthew shows us that prior to the text, shows us how everything took place to lead up to this moment. Joseph failed to realize at this moment, God was giving him, not just Mary, but God was giving him a gift. And Joseph looked that gift in the face and said, you know what? I don't want it. This is not a gift that I desire. It, it, it's not something that I want whatsoever. And you know what? I can understand how Joseph felt. You know, this is the Christmas holiday. At this time of year, we're all getting gifts, giving gifts, all types of great things have happened. And I've had the privilege of being a pastor for now four going on, yeah, four, four years. Uh, and, and the thing about it is, that every once in a while, you'll get a gift as a pastor. I, I love this opportunity uh, that I get gifts. I've seen it happen when I was a kid. My pastor got gifts. My mom went out the way about gifts. I was like, cool, I'm going to get a Christmas gift. It's going down. And I remember the very first year that I was to get a gift. Matter of fact, it was the only year that I got, it was the only time I got a gift that first year. The, the one person gave me a gift. It was an older, an older saint. You know them old, older Caesar saints. They just got it in their spirit. They, they love you so much. They're going to reach out to you. They, they care about you. And she brought me this bag. It was a nice big bag. Can I borrow your bag, Tyler? It was a bag probably about the size of this. It was a bag probably about the size of this. And, and I just knew inside this bag it was going to go down. It was going to be some goodies in this bag. It's probably going to be an envelope full of money in this bag. I don't know what's in this bag. I knew in this bag I was about to have the best first Christmas as a pastor I ever had. And she gave me the gift. I tried to act out cool. You know how we act. We're not going to look in it just yet. Now, and I hugged everybody, loved everybody, never let my gift go. I don't want nobody to pick up my gift. I, I held on to my gift real tight. At that time, we was in Oak Cliff off of Ledbetter. I went into my office, closed my door, locked the door. I was about to celebrate. This gift is about to go down. I opened up the gift only to find inside the gift was a three-pack of socks. And I looked at that gift, and you know what happened? I put that gift over to the side. I didn't want that gift. Where's my money? Where's my candy? I didn't work this slave hard to preach all year long. Where is my gift? And I set those socks to the side. It was an unwanted gift. It was an unwanted gift. And so I can understand how here it is. Joseph is so excited. Things are working out. Things are coming together. He's sacrificed. He's labored only to find out what he had hoped to get was not what he was getting at all. The problem is that Joseph felt the way he felt out of fear. Why did he feel the way out of fear? Because there's three issues, three issues that we find and we're going to talk about today that made Joseph not want this gift, that made this an unwanted gift. The reason I didn't want my gift, the reason I didn't want my socks is because I didn't see the value in the socks. I want to fast forward because what happened one good summer after I received those socks, I didn't understand how much socks cost. I never had to buy socks. My wife always bought my socks. And I've only mostly worn white socks because I usually keep tennis shoes on my feet. And here it is, these, these precious gold-tipped 
dress socks. And one, something happened one Sunday morning. I needed a black pair of socks to wear with my black suit. I needed a black pair of socks to wear with my black suits. And I went inside that drawer, and the problem was I knew my socks had a hole in it, but this time the hole was too big that my big toe started sticking out of. I just couldn't rock these socks anymore. It was too big. And I was in a frantic. I was going to be late for church. I didn't have the socks. And then that light bulb clicked. Aha. Your gift is at the church. Those socks are at the church. You got black socks. Don't stress. They're already at the church waiting on you. And it was that moment that I understood the love and the consideration that was put into something that I tried to devalue. Something that I didn't understand. Now you want to know something so funny? Every year I look for her for my socks now. Because I hadn't had to buy a pair of church socks since I've been pastoring because every year I'm guaranteed to get the socks. Now that's not a note for every member in the church to bring me socks this year. Uh, we can divide this thing up. We can look at some different way. I already got a mother that takes care of the socks for me. And so I'm thankful for that. But the hope of this message is for you to begin to identify that there may be some unwanted gifts in your life that God has given you, that God is trying to do through you, just like he was trying to do through Joseph. But because it does not fit the mold, because it does not look like what you want it to look like, you are discarding this gift, attempting to discard this gift, when God is steady trying to say, I need you to utilize what I've given you because there's value in the gift. There's value in your gift. Some of us are walking around wondering, why can't I get to the next level? Why aren't doors opening for me? God, why won't you give me what I need? When the problem is that God has given you everything that you need, you just refuse to use it. Because it does not fit your mold, you refuse to use it. Today I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to help you identify why this was an unwanted gift for Joseph. Because this can help you begin to identify why are some of the things that God is trying to do in your life so unwanted? Why don't you understand that God is trying to give you exactly what you need? Joseph thought he was asking for a wife that was just going to fulfill him, that was going to make him happy. He never thought that he was seeking that he would receive a wife that would not only make him happy, but that would transition and change the whole dynamic of, dynamic of the world. He thought it was just going to change his world. But God was trying to do something greater to, through him, but it required a sacrifice from him. Joseph, you got to stick through this. You have to endure this. Why? Because the end is going to be greater than the beginning. I need us to receive that. I need us to understand that whatever God is trying to do with you and through you is not about what you're going through now. It's about the final outcome. Why did Joseph turn down this gift? Why did Joseph want to walk away from this gift? The first reason why Joseph wanted to walk away from this gift is because this gift was unexpected. Joseph got married. He understood that he was getting married. He knew that he was given a wife, getting a wife. He knew that possibly through me getting married and us having a relationship that somehow we would have intercourse and there may come a child. But not, never did he ever think that I'm going to marry a woman that's already pregnant. Joseph didn't want somebody else, baby mama. 
He didn't want to go through this drama. He didn't want these, these issues. It was unexpected. It caught him off guard. Why is that so important to understand? Because oftentimes when God is attempting to do things in our lives, it is unexpected. It's unexpected. It, it doesn't come when we want it to come. It doesn't happen the way we want it to happen. And as a result of it not happening the way that we want it to happen, the first thing that we say is this couldn't have came from God. This ain't God's plan for my life. This is Joseph's stand. Listen, woman, you got to leave because you ain't right. You jacked up. You ain't for me. You done done me wrong and we ain't even been married 24 hours yet. This is his state of mind. And he's frustrated because what he's experiencing is unexpected. It's unexpected, therefore he refuses to receive it. The second problem that Joseph has is not only that it's unexpected, the second problem that he has is that we find out it's unacceptable. This is why it's an unwanted gift is because what he was seeking is not only unexpected, but it's also unacceptable. Pastor, what do you mean it's unacceptable? I know now it's customary. We see people all the time that have children out of wedlock that have multiple children's fathers, but this was not customary at this time. I know it's something that we've learned to deal with and accept, but this was unacceptable at this time. It said something about the characteristics of a woman. They would call her loose. They would say that she has issues. She's, she's not right. She's not fit to be married. Joseph would be the laughing stock of the city if he got with a woman that was pregnant before they even got married. You gave up your cows for her. <laughs> your last three chickens are gone. And she got somebody else, baby. You can't even carry on your own name because somebody else's child is with the Joseph says I don't want this God because it's unacceptable what do we need to understand God does things in our lives that will be unacceptable to the world standard but they're not unacceptable to his standard I need you to receive that I need you to really understand that because oftentimes we say no to God because we want to be so busy saying yes to the world Joseph was so worried about what everybody else was going to say about him that he said I don't want this. This ain't for me. He, he began to think how his dad would talk about him, how, how he would be in debt to somebody else just to come back up to marry another woman. He, he began to think about how he would be the talk of the town for, for doing the right thing, even though everybody else thought it was wrong. I can't help but to think about how many times I've let my Lord and Savior down because I was so worried about impressing people instead of impressing him. I want you to see what happened. We know the end of this story. Jesus Christ begins to live his life. He's raised by them. He, 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 he teaches the gospel. He gives his life. He heals people. He does all of these things. We know the end of the story. These great things are happening. Can you imagine how the house of Joseph and Mary was blessed because Jesus Christ was their son? Can you imagine the gifts that came into the house? How many times they were fed? How many doors were open for them? How many? Listen, Joseph got a cold. Jesus, come heal me. All of these things. He had endless openings to be with the Savior. But none of this, the later, 
could happen if he didn't go through the beginning. If he didn't go through the beginning, if he didn't go through the struggle, none of this could take place. Because why? Because Joseph, to Joseph's eyes, to the human eyes, is unexpected. God, I wasn't planning for things to go this way for me right now. Matter of fact, God is, is just doing right unacceptable. People are going to laugh at me. People are going to talk about me. And the last thing, if nothing else, it's undesirable. God, I don't want no woman that has somebody else's baby. God, this ain't what I want to go through. How many times have, have we told God no because the way that he wants us to go is undesirable to ourselves? It's one thing to catch me off guard, God. It's one thing to have me being the laughing stock of the community. But God, it's a whole nother thing to try to make me do something I don't want to do. To make me give when I don't want to give. To make me pray when I don't want to pray. To make me fast when I don't want to fast. To make me believe when I don't want to believe. To make me struggle. When I don't want to struggle. Why God. Would you put this burden on me. I can sympathize. With Joseph. Because there's times in my life. Where God has said listen move. And I didn't want to move. When he said change. And I didn't want to change. When he said dare to be different. When I wanted to be just like everybody else. And the problem is that when I went about it God's way, it was never easy. It was always a struggle. People always talked about me. They always put me down. I always had to wonder where the next was coming from. Because it was always a test of my faith. But I'm reminded, just like I believe the Holy Spirit, just like I believe the angel of the Lord came to remind Joseph and this time, those who suffer with me shall reign with me. Those who suffer with me shall reign with me. That's what it looks like happens in the text. When the angel of the Lord comes to speak to Joseph, he reminds Joseph, listen, that listen, you can't run from this. This is your destiny. And I can imagine Joseph sitting there in his dream arguing with the angel of the Lord. You don't know me. You don't know what I gave up. You don't know what people are going to say. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my family history. I didn't come. I wasn't raised like this. I don't have to be put through this. God has more for me. But for some reason, Joseph willingly gave in to the Lord because he understood the value of what had just happened. Angel of the Lord described to him the value. He says, listen, your wife is not just pregnant. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She's still a virgin. Ain't no man ever touched her. The child that is within inside of her, you may have heard the story, Joseph. You're going to call him Emmanuel, God with us. And I can imagine Joseph bringing back the scriptures, bringing back the prophecy, and remembering Emmanuel. Where did I hear that name from? Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, the prophet Isaiah. 
reminds us that there's going to be one that comes that's going to give his life so that as the ultimate sacrifice so that we can all have eternal life. And I can see the fire that ignites with inside of him because he remembers that, listen, forget this Christmas tradition that they're going to have later. It's not all about these fake and unwanted gifts. It's about this one gift right now, the gift that guarantees eternal life. Now, this is the problem. Joseph realized how valuable that gift was then. The question is, why is it so unwanted now? Of all the gifts that God has given us, why is the least cherished the one of eternal life? Why is the least cherished the one of eternal life? Is it possibly because it's unexpected that we would have to go through things now just to enjoy life then? Is it possible that it's unacceptable by the world standards to live holy and to live righteous is it possible that for some reason that it just does not fit your mode it's undesirable for you to live the way God has called you to live and as a result of it you would rather say yes to the world and no to him day in and day out we make conscious the choices decisions and choices to say yes to the world and no to them. I have a note here that says that when we look and we understand the value of the gift, the first thing that we have to understand is that the only reason we devalue a gift is because we do not understand the gift. The only reason your gift is ever devalued is because we do not understand the gift the reason why salvation is devalued is because we don't understand salvation if you never take the under the time to understand the scripture to study the word of God you won't understand why it's important to be saved the reason why holiness is so devalued is because we don't understand holiness the thing is whatever you don't understand you always want to devalue it I bring it like this that me and my dad we're cowboy fans die hard I'm sorry if you ain't feeling it and you don't love it I, I want to bring you back into the light we are Cowboy fans. Now, we have won the Super Bowl numerous of times. If I'm not mistaken, Daddy, it's five. Is that not correct? We have five Super Bowl champions. Now, we are the most hated team in the world because we've been claimed and crowned not only America's team, not only the world's team, but somehow they've declared us God's team. Matter of fact, there's a joke that goes around. The reason why Jerry keeps the dome where it can open because every, every once in a while, God wants to peekaboo and look right in on the Dallas Cowboys. This is who we are. We are the world's famous team. Now, this is the problem. We're hated so much because people don't understand. They don't understand how you get five championship rings. People will always talk about and put down what they all understand. I want you to understand something. The reason why people look at you when you're so blessed, the reason why people want to put you down is because they don't understand. How could God choose you? You're nothing. You're no better than them. They don't understand the fact that God has also chosen them. The difference is that you chose God. 
The gift that God gives us within our lives is a gift that we have to consciously choose ourselves. If we don't make the decision to choose to live the way God wants us to live, then we will be responsible for suffering the consequences. I want you to understand what happens. If Joseph would have woke up out of that dream hard-headed and say, no, God, I'm not going to do it your way. No, I'm not going to do it your way. I want you to receive something. Mary would have still had the baby. Joseph would have missed out on his blessings. Joseph would have missed out on whatever God has for him. Why? Because he chose to say no. When you say no to God, you're not hurting anybody else but yourself. That's it. That's the only person you're hurting is yourself. And so I want us to understand something. When we think about the unexpected, and it's unexpected because of it wasn't a part of our plan, what we really, really need to understand is that if you want to fit the mold of God, if you want to fit how God is asking you to leave, always expect the unexpected. This is why the enemy can't surprise me anymore. When he attacks my finances, when he attacks my house, this is why it's not so easy for me to turn my back on God right now. It's because I'm always willing to expect the unexpected. The Bible tells us that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. These are our spiritual principalities. This is a battle beyond our understanding and our comprehension. And so, therefore, I can live and walk this life. Why? Because I'm willing to expect the unexpected. If Joseph would have been a believer from the day one that was willing, to expect the unexpected, it would not have been a surprise for him that Mary ended up pregnant. He would have understand when Mary said, no, seriously, I've never been with some, something happened with inside of me. He would have said, you know what? This has to be from God. He would not have allowed it to turn him off. I'm trying to get you to understand something. God is going to do some miraculous things in your life, but you have to be willing to expect the unexpected. It's not going to come exactly how you want it. It's not going to look how you expected it to look. I mean, if you would have asked me, we started out in Dallas with our own building, fully furnished, everything that we could possibly need. I never would expect it to be here and Red Oak starting all over again. But you know what? I have to be willing to expect the unexpected. If God was predictable, then he wouldn't need to be God. The fact of the matter is the Bible tells us that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And so, therefore, when God does something different than what I expect, I have to be ready for it. But I have to also understand that I have to be willing to endure it now because it will get greater later. So I'm willing to expect the unexpected because expecting the unexpected gives me to the point where I realize that the unacceptable becomes acceptable simply because of the fact that it's what God's plan is for me. So as a believer, I have to learn not only can I expect the unexpected, but I have to begin to understand that what's unacceptable to man is truly acceptable to God. What do you mean, Pastor, what's unacceptable to man is truly acceptable to God? I know from world standards, that there's a certain way I have to conduct myself as a man. But I know from God's standards, there's nothing wrong with a man crying. There's nothing wrong with a man praying. There's nothing wrong with a man leading his family in worship. There's nothing wrong with these things. I would rather be a man by God's standards than a man by the world standards. 
there's some women in here that need to understand there's more value in being a woman of God than a woman of the world. The world doesn't have nothing to give you except worldly things. And the thing about that, all those things pass away. They don't last forever. You find these temporary moments of satisfaction only to be left with, with a lifetime of sorrow. Decisions and regrets that you, the one thing that I can honestly say about my relationship with God, I may have not liked every way that God sent me. I may not have liked everything that I had to do, go through with God, but I promise you this, after I made it through it, I didn't regret it. I didn't regret what God took me through. I didn't regret what I received as a result of the struggle. There, I don't mind struggling as long as there's success after the struggle. As long as there's success after the struggle, I will struggle with you every day. There are some women that have stood by men when they were down because they believed in them and they believed that if I just ride it out with you, something is going to happen on the other side. The only thing that makes that struggle worthless is when I didn't put in three, four, five, ten, twenty years and we still in the same situation. Still in the same situation. Going back and forth. Every year seems like we're in a bad groundhog year. It's all going through the same thing. But if I struggle with you and you help me succeed, I can live with that. So one thing I can say about my Savior is that I can accept, expect the unexpected and I, I can accept the unacceptable because no matter what I go through with him, I can be broke with God. And I'm richer than anybody else that ain't got him. I could be living paycheck to paycheck on my Jesus. But I ain't Mr. Bill. I ain't Mr. Mill. Y'all see that. I stay ready to keep from getting ready. <laughs> Simply because of the fact that God is always providing. He's true to his word. Every day he gives me my daily bread and some. Every day he works on my behalf simply because I'm willing to allow him to lead me and God, may I expect the unexpected, I accept the unacceptable. The last thing that I want you to understand is that we have to begin to desire the undesirable. I know it looks ugly to the world, but it got to look beautiful to us. I know it looks ugly to the world to go tell people about Jesus, but it's so beautiful to him. To be disciples, to share his gospel, to share his love, to desire the undesirable, to want that which nobody else wants, to reach those which nobody else desires to reach. To love on those which nobody else desires to love. And this message just resonated so much with me because I began to think about how long those socks stayed in the bag. How long they were given to me. They were set on side of my desk. They sat there waiting on me to utilize them. The gift that God had given me sat there waiting on me. It never left me. It never said I'm going to move on because you don't want to use me. It says I was given to you. I'm going to wait on you. Catch this. God has given us all something, someone as a gift. And the reason why it ain't moved and you ain't moved is because y'all are destined to be together. You're destined to work together. Catch this. If you don't work through this, you'll never get to that. 
You have to get to a point where you can appreciate this in order so that you can even dare attempt to receive that. This is why I had to get to the point, I'm, I'm going to set up like 100 people here every Sunday because I'm going to respect this. Because there's going to be a time where I ain't got to do nothing and I want to sit back and enjoy that. But if I never respect this, how can I dare to embrace that? Everything that God wanted to do for Joseph, through Joseph, began with this moment, this decision that he had to make in his life. What are you going to do with it? Imagine if I would have got upset about that gift that that lady had given to me, given to me and I would have just gave it to somebody at the church. Man, I don't need these. Here you go. That would have been a Sunday. Your pastor came to church with no socks on his feet or with his big toe sticking out. I would have missed my blessing. I would have missed my blessing because I was not willing to utilize what God had given me. God gives us all something, but we have to be willing to accept it. We have to begin to expect it, and we have to desire it more than we desire anything else. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all other righteousness shall be added unto you. Can I break that down to you real quick? Seek ye first. Look for God. Serve God. Study his word. Pray fast. Seek God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The first thing you do before you get on Facebook in the morning is seek God. Before you tell Boo, I love you, seek God. Seek God. God, what is it that you have for me today? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, now catch this, if you seek me and, it doesn't say seek me maybe, it says seek ye first and all his righteousness shall be added unto you. Can I help you understand the righteousness for a moment? I'm going to leave right after this. The righteousness says all the good stuff. You wonder why all the bad stuff is coming your way? Maybe you're not seeking first. You steady clicking like on Facebook and accepting these inbox messages and everything, and you ain't seek God. Is this even the one for me? Taking every job that come your way and wonder why you've been on five jobs within a year. You ain't never seek God and said, God, is this the job for me? Imagine what would happen if you sought first the kingdom. If you begin to have a kingdom mindset instead of a selfish mindset. Do you not understand that the breath that God has given us is his breath? The life that he's given us is his life. The world that we're in is his world. I want you to understand something. We go to work for people day in and day out, and we do what they want us to do because it's their company. We can respect them enough to do what they want, to, want us to do. And even if we don't respect them enough to do what they want us to do, we're going to do it as long as they're watching us. And then when they ain't watching us, we'll do whatever we want to do. I do it your way while you're watching me. But why can't we respect the God, our God enough to say, you know what, while you're watching me, which is all the time, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to appreciate everything that you've given me. This morning I put a post on Facebook and I'll close with this. It's amazing uh, the revelation that God can give you when you're seeking him, when you're praying, when you're going through things. I'll take this back road to get to church from Cedar Hill. Uh, it's... Uh, Bear Creek. I take the Bear Creek Road. It's a country road. Still got cows, everything on it. <laughs> you ride, you ride this road 
all the way uh, to get to 35 to get here from Cedar Hill to 35. Uh, this morning, I, and I've always seen this, and I never thought about it, never was worried about it, never was concerned. I always see squirrels, squirrels riding on, on the street. They're getting their acorns, they're getting their pecans. So many squirrels always riding, running on the street. They're always playing. Sometimes they're playing with each other, tossing acorns back and forth like daredevils. But this morning, this one squirrel was in the middle of the street, middle of the street, and I, I'm coming down Bear Creek, and he ain't moving. It's essentially as he's looking at me and saying, listen, I dare you to run over me. And this morning, I just didn't want to end up with squirrel guts all on my car. I just said, you know what, today is not a good day for this. We're not going to play this game. And so I began to slow down. And he just continued to stay there. Like, I dare you to run over me. And I came literally all the way up to this squirrel. And it was essentially like he started getting concerned and wanted to move, but now he's like, it's too late to move. And he's stuck and he's froze. And I just stopped. And all I see is a squirrel run across the street. The reason why that stuck with me so much is because if I didn't care about that squirrel today, I possibly could have ran over that squirrel. Possibly could have ran over that squirrel and took their life. I know you're saying it's just a squirrel. Yeah, right. My granddaddy used to shoot them and eat them all the time. But, but the truth of the matter is that today that squirrel experienced something called grace. The squirrel could have lost his life today. Didn't even realize. Could have lost his life today. But because he want to be Billy Bad Squirrel and want to play Russian roulette with his life, he going to sit there in the middle of the street eating his breakfast. That's what happened today. And it resonated with me because I couldn't help but to think how many of us play Russian roulette with our life with the decisions that we make day in and day out, the choices that we make, it's essentially as we're, we're sitting on death row, daring for it to hit me. Being on a train track, seeing the train coming and saying, I'm not moving, you're going to stop. Listen, there, there's a such thing as faith, but there's also a such thing as foolishness. And I need you to understand this. I need you to receive this, that if a squirrel had his right mind, he wouldn't have been in the street eating in the first place. Probably seen his cousin right up the road. I already took it in. I already got his crown of glory. But he wants to sit in the middle of the street. Aren't you glad that God didn't give you a squirrel mind? That you got a mind that you can make a right decision before you're put in a bad situation. Today that squirrel experienced grace. I want to tell you something. There could be a car coming right after me that didn't want to share that same grace. Today, as a matter of fact, I can say this with a, a full understanding. Yesterday shows that by you being here today, you have experienced grace. Most of us, if not all of us, didn't do something right yesterday. Most of us, if not all of us, didn't start out this morning right. But God has still given us grace. Grace is a gift. Grace is a gift that you have no control over when you're going to get it and when you're not. The Bible says to each of us a measure of grace 
is given a measure. That means that it's already been measured out. Two teaspoons, four teaspoons, a cup. Some people got more grace than others, but you want to play with your grace. For each of us, a measure of grace is given. So I asked you, what's keeping you from getting it right today? What's keeping you from making a conscious decision? God, I'm going to receive the best gift that you ever given me is your son, Jesus Christ. And by receiving him, I'm going to live vicariously through him, allowing his life to become my life and my life to become his life. What's hindering you from saying, God, you know what? I'm just going to put it on lockdown. I'm going to do it your way and not my way. After all, my way hadn't worked in the last five years, but I'm going to do it your way anyway. What's keeping you to say, you know what? I'm fed up. With going through it the world way. I'm tired of going through the ups and downs. I'm tired of experiencing the struggle with no success. Lord, your word says if I suffer with you, I'll reign with you. So let's get to suffering. Let's get to going through whatever we have to go through so that we can get to wherever you're trying to take me to. Because where I am, I'm tired of being here. Where I am in my finances, I'm tired of being here. Where I am in my relationship, I'm tired of being here. God, I want to be where you want me to be. Because wherever you want me to be, I know that you'll be there also. And God, you're the God that has the greatest gift that keeps on giving. Every day you'll pour into my spirit. Joseph teaches us that everything is not always going to come the way that we expect it to come. But as long as it's coming from God is exactly what you should expect to receive.